in a long time. <laughs> well, I'm Honey Hubcaps. And I'm Magnolia Crescent. And we're keeping it on the road. The podcast about cars, love, and attraction. Uh, that felt <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like a part of me wondered if it would ever happen again. Oh, my God. Keeping it on the road Keeping it on the road Can't say I didn't rattle the load But I'm keeping it on the road Wow, Can't here we are Can't say I didn't rattle the New load yeah. I'm I haven't seen you I think that It was, it was, because we weren't, we weren't social distancing or anything, we weren't even thinking about it. Yeah, we're not right now. Well, we're thinking about it. But we are thinking about it. I'm going to get tested. So much has changed. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really, it's weird because it feels like I've gone through a tunnel of time. But it also feels like somehow time is like compressed, like it's both elongated and compressed at the same time. Um, like I, I don't know how I just suddenly like live in North Carolina now. Like that feels like really quick. Yeah, that <laughs> just kind of like happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had to get out of Pittsburgh because it was just like COVID central, you know, ER, EMT. It's good to be back on like some country roads, you know. Yeah. I'm definitely thinking about the just driving. I was thinking about like when we drove last time, like just like going through the city and all the stoplights and stuff, and like uh, that kind of. I like honestly just hate that kind of driving. It's not even like oh, it's like boring and I don't want to do it. It just like actually makes me so anxious and like. But I feel like I just, I feel more attuned to like, you know, sweeping, windy country roads and, you know, occasional weird animals crossing. I <laughs> would much rather deal with, deal with that than other people, so. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you feel that. I mean, I don't, I don't mind city driving in the same way, but I I would rather be out here. Yeah, this is the kind of road that I'm trying to keep myself on. <laughs> well, yeah, it's nice to be back in Goldie, too. Yeah, yeah. We were talking before that you haven't been in Goldie since the pandemic started. It's true. She's doing home. good, looks like. Yeah, except for the, the mirrors out. I, I, <laughs> right? did, I didn't see that. <laughs> That was a a total mystery. Honestly, we were just driving. Me and my partner were driving into town because I'm living outside of Asheville now, and the like there was no indicator of a shift, and the mirror just fell out, and then we couldn't find it anywhere on the road. It felt very like mystical, 
your worst break. Oh my god. Right into it. Wow. <laughs> into the heart of lion jeans. Well, let me back up. <laughs> up a name. We'll edit over that part. Uh, that was uh, Chimes McDaniel. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Chimes McDaniel. Uh, oh my god, this was my freshman year of college. You know, transitional time for everybody. And, you know, I honestly was kind of an asshole in this situation. I'm not gonna lie. I... I went to Occupy Wall Street, and I had this big, like, epiphany, life-shifting experience where I kind of realized that I want to be a political person in the world, yada yada, and, like, also ended up kissing this person there who was, you know... A radical Marxist or whatever and anyway so I cheated on my partner and he and I was also already kind of discontent with the relationship and the thing the reason why this breakup was so wild though is that he was a composer and he uh, was doing this composition project where he was gathering uh, these glass milk bottles to use as like I don't know what you would call them, these like sort of like like a vibraphone, vibraphone situation. A vibraphone no, type no. instrumentation. It was a wild what project. Was he? he was like too. hitting them with something. He was right? hitting them with something, and but also like whistling water. over them. Oh. The different types of water made a difference. And it was crazy. It was like comboed with like the Japanese gamelan. And it was comboed with like this rap he had written, which is kind of what? problematic because he was like, yeah, it was a rap that was based on all of the graffiti that was in this co-op. It was so wild. That's um, kind of cute, but also it's not. Yeah, that's, it's also appropriate. Yeah, it's just not cool. But uh, yeah, so he was carrying the jugs, the milk jugs, with him when we met in this park and it was like raining and I was like this is just has to end like I'm not happy in this relationship I don't want to be in it anymore and he threw the bottles on the ground and they smashed <laughs> their glass and yeah just around everybody you know it was crazy um well there were people there well I mean yeah it was like a public square you know yeah. it was like not like people were I don't I mean probably people were watching I didn't even really notice but yeah that was certainly the most dramatic breakup I've ever had I was it the most crushing no because I wanted to break up anyway and so I was not really that worried about it I I guess like the most crushing well, the problem is with being poly is I feel like you never really break up and that in itself is like crushing in a weird way where it just could be this sort of like extended and like, I mean, you certainly can break up in poly, but a lot of times I think that because the boundaries of relationships are more fluid, it can be, people are less inclined to like make really decisive calls about whether or not they want to be sweet anymore. And so it like can be 
ambiguous in this way that I think is more painful, at least for me, because you don't, there'll be like months where I've been in relationships with people where I don't really know where I stand, and like, we're living in different states, and maybe we visit each other, and maybe we don't, and keep breaking plans, and like, that, that is actually the worst kind of breakup to me, um, yeah. but... The slow roll. The slow roll, yeah. No one likes a slow roller. But I got a ticket going to San Francisco To take me where the stars are few and far I got a feeling ain't never been this slow To bring me back to where I'm from and where you are My second love, you find we a good deal on a pre-owned heart If I could only get the damned old thing to start make you Have you ever had Have you ever had brake failure while you're driving? Yes. <laughs> what happened? Well, I was a teenager. This was in my first car ever, which was a blue Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme that what was year? my grandma's. It must have been like an 80s. It was old as shit. It had a, I know it was really old because it had a front middle seat. Nice. Um, And it was just like so perfect. I didn't know anything about cars then. I didn't know that you had to change the oil. I didn't know anything about them. Um, I just knew you had to put gas in it. (laughs) That was the extent of my car at all. Right. Uh, I was 17. Very happy to have a car. Um, it had rolly windows just like Moldy. Um, wow. Really cool. It only had AM radio for some reason, too, which oh, was yeah. so confusing to me why that was. But, um, yeah, I think I just didn't even know that the brake... They didn't go all the way out. Like, it wasn't like I couldn't stop at all, but they, like... You had to screech for, like, you know, a few hundred feet before it was stopped like a long <laughs> screeching and I remember just being like it's whatever you know I was just like driving <laughs> it around town to like go see my friends and like hang out smoke weed like I don't know I was like not really driving very far mostly I was like afraid of driving that far just because I hated driving then but I remember my dad drove it for some reason like I don't know why and he was he was like, how have you been driving this car with the brakes are failing <laughs> oh <my laughs> for like months to high school and back, you know, um, so then he made us junk the car, which was, I was upset about, because I think that we could have probably fixed it, and I think now I would have like refused to allow him to do that, but I think right. he was like, this car is just old, don't really, really like you getting around anyway, you know, so was, there's some elements of like, patriarchal control of my movement and autonomy, you know, that, like, the car's brakes going out was a convenient excuse for, which, you know, I'm also thinking, I'm like, wow, this is a really similar phenomenon that seems to happen in the end of my relationships. Oh, in what (laughs) way? Well, I just think that it's often, like, feeling as though the person is, like, limiting my autonomy, or if that person feels like I'm limiting their autonomy, that's, like, what's bridging um, against each other, and that's, like, you know, it's, like, either, like, something 
has to move or this has to stop, you know? Like, either something has to, like, radically transform and shift or it has to stop. And I think, like, it's just, like, funny because it's, like, the thing, like, the brakes giving out, it's, like, that's something you could fix. Um, but, like, and I think the refusal to fix, like, a, an element of a dynamic or a problem is, like, really the root of why, like, a lot of my relationships have failed, not because there is a given conflict, like, there's always conflict, like, conflict is, like, an inevitable part of, like, interacting with other humans, and, like, kind of fundamental to growth, too, I think, but I, it's just, like, when people are, like, I've dated who are really, like, refusing to, to fix the part that is broken or to, like, do any work on it, that's, like, when it's, like, well, might as well junk it, I guess, you know? Um, so, right. there's a lot of different metaphors, I guess, that I embedded in that, but... two months and have had to replace their master cylinders. How is the master cylinder, can you explain that to me, how it's related to brakes? Yeah, um, so brakes are hydraulic on cars, uh, <laughs> and so there's like some oil, hydraulic fluid, brake fluid, yeah. that's moving through a line, which is a metal tube, a steel tube, and you push down on the, on the pedal, and that pushes a, a piston inside a cylinder. It's like the plunger in a syringe. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and it squeezes the brake fluid uh, through the brake line, and so the, that's the master cylinder, um, because it, it like controls the movement of all the, the, the cylinders on all four wheels. And so then it pushes the fluid out of the master cylinder through the lines and into the brake cylinders that are in the calipers. And so the pistons on those come out. They, they like, get pushed out. And oh, they okay. grab onto the spinning rotor and stop it from spinning. Like, they grab the thing that the wheel is bolted to. Interesting. Okay. So then when the master cylinder breaks... You have no brakes. No brake at all. Wow. Or, or you can have like a little, little bit of brakes because it can fail in different ways. Uh -huh. Sometimes the fluid is like leaking past the piston inside the cylinder, so it's not really moving. I just want to interrupt and say I'm heavily using my brakes at the moment. We are going down a windy <laughs> mountain road. <laughs> They're a great vocal lead that you are not currently having this issue. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, that can be so scary. I think the like the. the the metaphor I'm seeing too between like breakups and breaks going out is it can like also feel just like this level of awful and sudden that's like feels really scary and earth shattering but like maybe it's actually like breaks are a part of your car that when it stops working you can actually fix it and like there's like more methods of fixing it, or it's, like, less expensive than, say, if your, like, transmission goes out. Yeah. You think that's true? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, bricks are, like, some of the cheaper parts. 
And so it's like when people have breakups, it can feel really earth shattering and like nothing will like make their lives feel better. But it's like often it's like actually can sometimes make people's lives a lot better, you know? <laughs> and it's like maybe not always as like fundamental as people are perceiving it to be. I mean, it can definitely be very fundamental too, but um, it's kind of interesting. Well, this is a place we we're going to go hike. Mm, okay.
back home in Ohio. God. Uh, so, I, you know, I think when, when she comes back, back through next month, we're going to have to decide, you know. Yeah, I mean, what's going through your head thinking about Critter? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can stand to, to junk it. I might, I might do the head gasket. Yeah. So it just doesn't feel right. Do you think that's what you have to listen to is like a like a guttural feeling about I, I don't know. I mean I think it's like really different than, than relationships with people because first, like, you can only really have one kind of relationship with a car, which is that you drive it. You can't just <laughs> you can't transition your relationship into being something else. Like the human breakup, you're just transitioning to a different kind of relationship but with a car I feel like you know you're really it's absolutely terminating that relationship if you're if you're junking it unless you keep it in your front yard and sleep <laughs> in it sometimes <laughs> you can hold on you know past the point uh oh there's cops uh, up the block crooked cops always look the other way Took my board away Called it confiscate Under a rotting log In them woods salamanders live They never have any Okay, so another update is uh, Fuck the police <laughs> God. If you haven't heard, all cops are bastards. <laughs> An announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, something that we like to say on this show. A cab, all cars are bad. <laughs> oh my god. Is that a thing you've been saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. What does that mean? All cars are bad? Like, like they're all gonna break or we just they're fucked up. They're all, they're all. There's no, you know. It's like a lot of times I'm like, God damn it! If I just had a better car, you know, if I just had a car that got better mileage or that wasn't built this uh, way, that's hard to work yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't the so rusty. Speculative. Yeah. There, there. I've never, I've never met a car that was a truly elegant, well-designed machine. That is really true. Because also the fancier cars, I feel like. Or especially just the more modern cars just will break down in more complicated ways that are harder yeah. to fix. Like, I feel like when I had a 2008 car, it broke down way more often. It was also a Pontiac. Well, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> minor detail. Um, but in any case, the worst car is a police vehicle, whatever it is now. It's not the Crown Vic anymore. I don't know what cop cars are now, actually. In Ohio, the, like, local cops drive the new Ford Explorer, and the Highway Patrol drives that fucking Dodge. I think it's, like, a Dodge Charger, that weird Dodge sedan. Yeah. I'm always amazed when I see the number of people driving, like, cop-looking white Ford Explorers. I know. I know. It's it like, you me, have to know that's a cop. It makes me feel so stressed. I'm like, yeah. I'm, like... And if you don't know, it's almost kind of, I mean, it's not worse, but it's just, like, you don't care about the, like, anxiety you're provoking and everyone else on the road by choosing to drive 
a white cop looking car. Like, come on, man.
distant for how, how it will feel in retrospect. Like, I don't even ever think about that person anymore, you know? But it was horrible then. I remember crying in my English class, and it was embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> the teacher yeah. noticed. Uh, <laughs> it's always the worst when a God. teacher sees you cry. Oh, it's that's real. a level of shame I never want to relive. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to share any breakup stories? Yeah, I would say. Well, I've only really. I don't know. There's only. I've only been through one thing that stands out in my mind as like a breakup. I've never dated anyone. I've never been in, like, a romantic relationship. But there was this one person... What am I going to call by this shit? Uh, uh, I was going to call them... I was going to call them the Veo, like the Chevy car. Oh, that's great. Oh, we should have had a car nickname. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, this... This, uh... This person... So I met them. Uh, we were in college. And it was, like, this weird, quasi-sexual, ambiguous, oh, like, bullshit, yeah. you know what I mean? You were, I lived yeah, with I you. Yeah, I was there, I was there. Yeah, I remember it. I remember everything about it. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and it was just, like, we were, like, sleeping together, but we weren't, like, making out. We are just, like, cuddling, you know, I don't know, which is, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, absolutely nothing wrong with that. And in some ways, it felt good, like, you know, uh, that's, like great situation to be in if that's what both people yeah, want but yeah. that was not I mean I think uh I mean nobody had ever touched me that way before you know and so I was like in a way of course I like really liked it I was like yeah I want to be touched you know but uh I think I like <laughs> maybe intentionally ignored the realization that Aveo like wanted uh, like more in that way, or like, like had a crush on me, you know? Yeah. And, and I like knew, you know, we talked about it, it was basically like something that, yeah. But you still felt like you couldn't actually. I just didn't believe it. I didn't believe it and I didn't take Ooh, it seriously. That's a, yeah, that's a hard lesson. You gotta take yeah. it seriously when people say they I have a crush. Yeah. It's, I get it's easy to be really clouded by your own, like, low self-worth and just your own, like, desires and needs, though. Like, I definitely feel yeah. like, especially as, like, a teenager and a really young adult, I often had a hard time yeah, believing I was like... that people, like, would be hurt by me or could be hurt by me. Like, it took me a long, really long time to, like, actually accept that and, like, have to take ownership and accountability for it, you know? Yeah, I think I was like 20, you know, oh, and I okay. just remember, this gas station. I just oh, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this, cliffhanger, cliffhanger. maybe back there. I was also like responding to having somebody be attracted to me too, which I never really experienced before. And I was like, "This is this is the setup, okay?" So 
and uh, and if it, I was the one who made the first move. Actually, I was like, I kind of want to kiss you. You know, we're like Whoa. in bed, like cuddling. It was very, you know. Did you, did you know that? You didn't know that. Well, they made the first move to be, like, getting it into that place, you know, originally where yeah. we were sleeping together, but then, uh, so then I was like, I kind of want to kiss you, you know, oh, wait, it's a Geo, tra- oh, it's, I guess it's a Chevy. There's tra- a Chevy that has a Trump sign. Oh, fuck that. Okay, so we'll get back to it. <laughs> anyway, be right back. So it was my first kiss, right? And and I'm really going deep into the details on the show, but yeah, but I was yeah. just like, you know, it was, it was like one of those. Oh, so yeah, that's just, that that feels like that. Okay, word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the next day, the next morning, they like, you know, got up and went home, and then I like went over to their dorm room. Yeah. And and they were like really giving me some looks like and I was like oh shit this is like I was like this is happening you know and we were like and they like kissed me and I was like stop (laughs) you know I just in that moment I just realized I didn't want to do that and I wasn't attracted to them in that way and then it was weird for a while but then we like stayed friends and then that's when it got really bad because then I was like we were hanging out a lot, and then, like, uh, you know, I feel like they wanted a lot of emotional support from me, and I felt like, I, like, they kept saying, like, this is really helping me, but I was always, like, I think this was my issue, is I was not able to see the ways that I was, like, you know, like, able to actually help them and support them, and I, I, from my perspective, yeah. it looked like... You know, we would hang out and just both be feeling bad and make yeah. each other feel worse. Um, but this went on for oh, kind of a while. This went on for like a year or two. Wow. And then I was like, I had this realization where I was like, oh, I don't, oh I don't actually like hanging out with this person, which was like Oof, crushing. Oh no! Right. Because I, I was know, like, I remember that. Because I was like, oh. You know, this is, I realized I had made a horrible mistake, which was that I had, like, allowed this thing to go on far after the thing that I, that, that made it interesting uh-huh. to me, uh, which was, like, the physical touch was over, and I didn't want to do that anymore, I was the one who stopped it, but then I was, you know, felt a sense of obligation to Aveo, because I'd, like, I felt like I had gotten us into this point, you know, and I wanted to be a good friend. But then, that, then it came, I was like trying to disengage, but then it came right. to a head when I was like moving into this house with some other people, and unbeknownst to me, one of them like asked Iveo if they wanted to live with us, and I was like, I had to be like, oh, that, that can't happen, you know, and, and it, I remember we all like went to look at this house together, you know, walked around, and then the person who lived there was like... It was like, okay, so what do you think? And we were like, well, we got to talk about it and, and, you know, like, have a meeting. And that guy who showed it to us was like, okay, well, i got to go, you know, do some errands, but you can just hang out in the living room if you want. Uh, and we were like, real. okay, sure, you know. And so then me and Aveo and our other friend 
sat down and had the most brutal meeting I've ever seen in my life. Like, I just remember, like, because they had conflict, Iveo and our other friend, and they sat down and, like, first, I just, I just, like, closed my eyes sitting on the couch just like trying to be somewhere oh my else God, and they were just like yeah that's what i would do too. they were just they were just like uh, uh you know terrible. this other person was like veo was like i feel like i don't want to live with you because this and this and that person was like i feel so hurt that you would say that like i don't oh know if i can God. be friends with you anymore and they just like walked away and then they looked at me and they were like so what do you want to talk about and i was like Okay, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I was just like, I can't live with you. I don't want to hang out with you. I like don't want to be friends with you. Just like, awful. It's so awful. And they just kept saying like, why? What changed? And I was like, I don't know. You know. And that, and that was it. That was it for us. That was the end. Oh uh, yeah, that's kind of a death now. Yeah, but it was interesting. It like. Yeah, it didn't... I know I really hurt them, and I feel terrible about it, but yeah. I didn't really... I didn't feel like it was that painful for me to do that, uh-huh. but there doesn't have to be pain for there to be damage. Oof, and that's for, a really... Wow. Snaps to that, honestly. Sorry. And for, like, a year or two after that, I just uh, had a hard time connecting to people, I think, for pretty obvious mm-hmm. reasons. I was like, well, it seems like I hurt the people I'm closest to. And it's so hard to, like, once you have that narrative in your head, it's so hard to not apply it to everyone that you're close to, that you're going to hurt them, even if it's not. You know, I think that was a unique circumstance, and that wasn't really necessarily going to apply. You know, and you were also young, and, like, it was a vulnerable experience you know but that's such a good example of how breakups have this like kind of like gooey bleeding effect where they like can bleed into your community life and I think that that's like what really makes them the worst is when they start to like swirl around and like impact other relationships like yeah hot mess oof do you feel like you're over it no hell no I think about them and shit they said all the time. Yeah, and that's the I, other thing that's hard uh-huh. is because they always like right about everything too. They just like were such they're they're they're, they're such on point about everything. So uh, emotionally intelligent, like uh-huh. oh my god, just really present, like really yeah. uh, just understood a lot of things that I didn't on a deep level. So I want to say on the show that I was wrong and I didn't know. There you go. There's your... You heard you know, it here. You heard it here. Yeah. Formal apology. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's beautiful. I do. Should we go in this gas Let's station? Let's go in this gas station. Sorry. I'm That's fine. That. Sorry. I just decided that it would be
appreciate you all, our listeners. I'm so glad that I've been able to return to the show, and I hope to record many more episodes Yes, send this, send this to your listener questions. I have a question for the listeners, Ooh, which is, turning it around. What, what should I do with Critter? Breaking the fourth wall. Uh, yeah, that's a, wow. Yeah, send us your questions. Yeah, send write in. Your responses. Yeah. Tell us about your worst breakups, your best breakups. Tell us uh-huh. about your experiences with break failure. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, keeping cope? it. Keeping it on the road at tutanota.com. That's T U T A N O T A.com. Keeping it on the road. I'm Magnolia Crescent. And I'm uh, Honey Hubcaps. See you next time.